Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut. And every Tuesday, you will be spending more time with me. <laughs> and sometimes I will be bringing some friends along as I take you through various leading ideas that I find interesting and worthy of your time in the personal finance world today. I've decided to call this segment First Dips, hoping that you and I can get first dips on these leading ideas. So recently, I was speaking at an event that Prosperous Help, right? So Prosperous under CGSCIMB. I don't know if you know them. They are a broker in town and they provide you essentially brokerage services, right? And uh, their fees are quite competitive. And this is not sponsored by them, but they are sponsored a few. So I just soon be plug for them. Like, okay, so CGSCIMB and Prosperous, they asked me to go for an event and speak at an event. And one of the questions that came up was this. Why are my growth stocks so undervalued, right? Like the news keep coming, but it just keeps going down and down and down. Like the valuation and the reality and the price like start matching. And I told the person, how about we inverse this whole thing? When things are going up, prices are moving up, valuation is also start matching, right? <laughs> right? And the prices of the stocks and the valuation models that you are using best in class, they are also different, right? And then the guy was like, oh yeah, you have a point. <laughs> And that made me think like, oh yeah, maybe I should record an episode to talk to people to try to understand why growth stocks don't succeed. Or in fact, growth stocks will fail, very, very likely collapse during a recession. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So good morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. In our podcast, we're debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut. Welcome to my series, First Dips, where you'll spend time with me, essentially, right? As if there's not enough. Every week, every week. You spend time with me, right? So to talk a little bit about the interesting things that are happening in the personal finance space and some leading ideas hoping to help you get your first dips in some of these thoughts. So today we're going to start to talk a little bit about this growth stock situation. Why is it not growing anymore? What is happening? And why fundamentally some of these growth stocks will just disappear? Okay, in the opening, I had an example of this person, right? So probably, I think what he was thinking, maybe Tesla, I don't know, maybe Lemonade, maybe some of these like bigger names during the pandemic period. There was a lot of coverage around these guys. And the reality is Tesla probably not so much a growth stock anymore, right? It has gotten to a certain size, right? And you can see that the valuation that companies are giving it has changed, right? The financial markets have kind of evaluated in a different way altogether. And to begin this discussion, I need to first define some stuff, right? So I'm going to start by defining what is a tech stock. Okay, I think a lot of people when they talk about growth stocks, they are thinking of tech stocks, okay? And I'm going to talk 
stocks, focus on tech stocks because there are other sectors that also, you know, have growth like pharma or even like your FMCG, some products that are like fast growing like Lululemon and some of these other things. Like I think there was a period of time Monster was also quite a growth store. Under Armour was also quite a growth stock. So, so there's all that stuff but we're just going to focus on tech. Okay, we're going to focus on tech today and I assume most people will think of tech when they think of growth stocks. So let's first define tech. What is a tech company? Ah, very good question. In my head, right? A tech company is a company that people don't understand what they are doing. <laughs> so that's why they're all lumped as tech. They're all lumped together as tech, right? And if you really go and look at it, the tech business model, right, is very complicated. There's no one cohesive business model amongst the tech players, right? There's the SaaS, there's the PaaS, there's the S, you know, there's also stuff. We're not, we're not going there. Okay, but think about it, okay? There was a period of time Sun Microsystem was considered tech. There was a period of time Intel was considered tech. There was a period of time Microsoft was considered tech. You know, but these days when you look at them, right, Sun Microsystems is uh, hardware, you know, like Adobe is like creative design enterprise software. Microsoft is like enterprise software and cloud. You don't really consider them tech tech anymore. And this is an interesting idea because what happens is when the market does not understand these things and they somehow fall in the software technology space, they'll all be classified as tech. But eventually when the market start to develop, right? When some of these sectors start to develop, then they change name. It becomes social media. It becomes communications. It becomes enterprise software. And it becomes electric vehicles. So when you start to have clearer classification, right? Where the sector starts to develop, there are certain metrics to look at and more competitors come in. What actually happens is the financial guys would start to re-evaluate these companies. They are no longer as growth, right? Because yeah, they're more and more like a value or they're more and more entering a more well-defined space where there are comparisons. So there's relative valuation. Now, like today, when you look at Facebook, you will kind of compare it to like Google. You'll compare it on some level maybe to Snap. Amazon, Pinterest, because their business model is quite alike and the way they engage their audience is also quite alike. I mean, depends on how you really want to look at it. But at least things like Adobe Suite, you know, AutoCAD, some of these like design softwares, you will compare them side by side. What is their PE ratio? What is their valuation relative to the others? Because the space is very well defined. So then to me, right, these guys actually evolved away from growth stocks. They evolved out of the labor of being tech. Now they are communications, they are digital, social media, they are, you know, whatever, search, you know, you know, all that stuff. And this is important because when this happens, the market tend to evaluate these companies differently. It's no longer as frothy. The valuations start to be more anchored because the business models become clear. The growth trajectory become clearer. The TEM becomes more, yeah, well-defined, right? So, so that is all that will happen as it develops. But before, before all that thing develops, it will all be classified as tech, right? They're all four under NASDAQ. They're all part of the tech index. Very <laughs> champo one inside these things. All sorts of businesses, you know, and they do different, different things. Hardware, software, you know, SaaS, everything. All the champo, champo things, right? Wearables, you know, it's like generator, solar panel, everything champo as tech, right? So that is the situation uh, until they prove you know, to have a certain business model that works. They'll all be classified as tech. Like today, it's very hard for you to say Grab is tech, right? Grab is ride-sharing. Quite clearly, ride-sharing, right? It has competitors like Uber, Lyft, right? And Gojek, right? So everything else, before it develops there, they're all considered tech. 
I know it's not how everybody will define. It's that's not how everybody sees, but that's how I observe the market. That's how I look at it, right? As the nomenclature develop. So for the tech companies and the growth companies, right? A lot of them are struggling, as you can tell. You don't need me to tell you the market's in a shit show now. Everything else is down. But I want to take today's opportunity to kind of expand on this discussion of why a lot of them are struggling and why a lot of them will not make through a hard recession, which looks like it's happening. And this brings me to my first point of why growth stocks die in a recession and that is they can no longer sell their shares at sky-high valuation that is like factoring dreams and hopes and future. You know, they cannot sell those shares anymore which also means they're going to struggle to raise capital. Okay, a lot of these tech companies, uh, growth companies, they come into the space. Usually, they already have some sort of a proven business model, but they have not gotten huge, right? So, they, maybe they prove the product. The product works. There are people that want it, but they are not profitable, right? They are struggling to make money and they want to keep growing, keep growing, keep growing, hopefully to be dominant in the space so that they can continue to make money or make bigger money rather than uh, right from the start look at monetization, right? So, so that is the situation with a lot of growth stocks. They have some sort of a business model that kind of works. They have a product that kind of works, but the whole thing is not big enough and it's not established enough to make money. So in other words, right, they got to keep burning cash, right? Whether is it Grab, whether is it Uber, Shopee, Amazon, Facebook, Google, all of them in the early days were burning cash, right? They were burning cash, burning cash, burning cash. And when they come into the stock market, they are essentially trying to raise cash, raise capital by selling their shares. And so when the stock market is down, valuations are down, prices are down across the board. And it means investors are like, mm, why should I buy yours? Right? There are other things that I can buy. And investors are pulling out because they are afraid. They're not sure what's going to happen. So when the share prices all come down, it becomes very hard for these companies to raise capital at a valuation that makes sense. Okay, think about it. Okay, at first, uh, this Apple, uh, at first this Apple sell you $100. And then, you know, within this $100, right, they can, you know, tell their people that bought earlier, hey, you know, uh, you buy $50, right? These people are coming at $100. And we're going to use the money that we raised to grow, grow, grow the company. And people earlier will be like, oh, very good, very good. All these shareholders are very happy, you know? And then now the share price come down. If now it's $40 trading in the market. Do you think Apple's management can readily go and tell the old shareholders to say, ah, uh, now we're going to sell at 40 uh, so that we can raise money. So, oh my God, people are going to be so unhappy with you about that. Right? So on one end is shareholder management. On the other end is like director's pressure. And also generally, the market has no palette for growth stocks in bad times. Times. Because there are just many other things that you can buy, right? Like big tech, right? Let's say like search, right? Google is great, very dominant in the space that they do. The P is trading relatively low to like Coke, Nestle, some of the FMCG products. So there are a lot of things that you can buy, a lot of things that you can look at and quite much better value than like high growth stocks that have no clear direction going forward. Let, and let us not even begin to talk about because the market is going to be tough, you know, things are going to be difficult going forward the business model is still wonky then that'll be make money when is this going to end when are they going to stop needing cash so if that is the situation as a shareholder if you keep getting diluted because as they sell more shares they're essentially diluting you right as you keep getting diluted as more and more shares are being sold and your ownership of the company becomes smaller and smaller and smaller it'll be very hard la, for you to want to do it and you get diluted right? so share price keep coming down 
And so this is one of the biggest reasons why most growth companies will struggle you know, in a recession because they just cannot fetch dream prices. They cannot fetch valuation at those kind of like woohoo dream prices that you and I, we probably just saw them about a year plus ago, right? Square, Shopify, you know, some of these are lemonade, you know, all these other things. Even Tesla was trading at like dream prices. You know, they're all like, oh, you must factor the future. You must see the dream. You must see the way lie. And I'm like, oh my God, no more dream no more future what is it in it now right so if they cannot raise capital because they are loss making because they are not making money within their business model they are going to struggle which by extension means if the stocks that you're invested in these growth companies they're invested in if their fundamentals are decent that means they are making money if they are making money, they don't exactly need to raise capital to survive then these companies will ride through this hard time so there's something to think about, right? Go and check all your growth companies that you have bought. What are their fundamentals? Do they have positive cash flow? If they have positive cash flow, in other words, the business can continue to run. There's business continuity. They can ride out of the recession. If they have none of that, then they have to raise money and there's no money to be raised. They're going to struggle. So balik kampung, they're going to close shop. Which brings me to point number two, and that is corporate debt is at what? 10%, 12%. It's very expensive for growth companies. And I will talk to you a little bit more after a word from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, so like we have established, a lot of these companies, they are loss-making. They haven't made money. They're trying to grow their business so that they can make money, right? So that's why it's called growth stocks. Huh? <laughs> and during bad times, they cannot sell share price at high prices. So then what other ways? Maybe take on debt law, right? Which is what a lot of bigger companies will do in hard times. But for growth companies, because they don't have consistent cash flow, their business model is still being developed. In other words, it's very hard for them to get you know, corporate rates at like what, 6%, 8% at today's valuation. They're going to be taking like what, 12%, 10%, maybe even higher, you know, as bad as a <laughs> close to a credit card kind of, kind of situation. Because, you know, risk of default is very high, right? So banks and companies, they don't really want to do that, which is why a lot of times governments will have to step in to say that, oh, we will insure your loans. You know, if you lose money as a bank, we will pay you, blah, blah, blah. To try to incentivize these banks to lend to quote-unquote high-risk customers, which growth companies are high-risk customers because their business model not working, they need to keep burning. You're not sure whether they can pay back. So in such a case, right, then you've got to ask yourself, oh my goodness, can you grow a company at 12%, 10%, you know, 15% kind of corporate debt. And that's already assuming in today's interest rates, you know, if interest rates move, this thing is going to move along. You know, which you see it, right? And, and what happens in a situation like this, like inflation at this point in time, oh, it's going to make it worse because I don't know why the Fed has come to believe that the only way to combat inflation is to increase interest rates. But when interest rates increase, everybody pay more. You're already paying more for your mortgage. The company's going to pay more. You know, everyone's going to pay more. Government's going to be paying more. So then, in that case, wow, corporate loans are going to go to like, what, 12%? 
18%, you know, unsecured corporate loans, you know, for these kind of growth companies are going to go there and can you, can you run a company like that? You cannot. You're just going to go bust, right? And you are already seeing a lot of growth companies go bust. Whether or not they're listed, that's another thing. I think in Malaysia recently, Happy Fresh announced that they're going to go bust, right? Okay, and announced that they already go bust, right? So, which was something like an honest bee in Singapore, you know, they, they, they die, right? And, a lot of companies are going to start merging. A lot of companies are going to struggle. So when you think of it this way, is there real hope for these companies in this period of time? The answer is probably no. Unless they have some sort of profit mechanics that they can make some sort of money to cruise by, how are they going to take loans at these rates? As a, as if you are an investor and you look at the management and they say they're going to take loans, you'll be like, hey brother, what are you doing? Right. Let, let us merge, let us downsize, let us regroup, let us fire people, you know, let us see if someone else want to acquire us. If they're going to take on debt at these prices, it's going to hurt the business even more. It's going to be very problematic. So, which is why when you think about it, big companies, they have the ability to take on debt and they can take on loan instruments in bad times. But a lot of growth companies, they can't. So if no share financing, no, <laughs> no debt financing, no money to burn, how to continue? Which is why a lot of them will die in a recession. Let alone a recession plus an inflation plus Fed going to keep, 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 keep increasing the interest rates. And the third reason why a lot of growth companies will die, right? this is like hitting the nail on the coffin. Right? The last reason is that the big boys, the guys with very strong cash flow generation, they can outspend you in this time. They will outspend you. They will buy you out. They will acquire your competitor to regroup, to attack you. Uh, there are many things that they can do, right? Which is why during this period of time, you will see a lot of M&As, a lot of acquisition. Only when the government blocks them, FTC blocks them, you know, Singapore government block whatever acquisition. You know, whatever the Chinese government block this, they block that. If not, the big enterprises are just going to gobble up all these tech guys. You know, like what's stopping Google from buying over Spotify? You know, what is uh, stopping Meta to buy over more social media platforms, which I think uh, recently they've been blocked, right? So even the video also tried to acquire, also blocked, right? So, so a lot of these things is when the companies that are much bigger than you, they have a lot more money being created. They can outspend you. They can compete against the growth stock that you have invested. And it's not that difficult when you as an investor of the growth stock, you know, the growth company is struggling. They cannot make money. They cannot raise capital. They cannot lose. So on top of all these things that are reality within the company itself, the company's competitors, these big guys are just sitting on the side and saying, let's see what we can do here. So when we look at investing, right? when you look at investing in the stocks and growth stocks in the stock market, I think a lot of younger investors, newer investors, or even mature investors, right? a lot of people, right? They, if you're not like knee deep in this space, there's a general tendency to only look at this one stock or look at this one stock in isolation or look at this sector in isolation. You know, but the reality is there are many other businesses out there. This is a dynamic situation. So the bigger guys, the bigger competitors may not previously be in your space, but they could have just jolly well entered. You know, when, when the situation is like that and they have a war chest, just, you know, cash cow building <laughs> a lot of money so they can easily burn and just kind of kill out or at least just eat up a big portion of the growth stocks business. So I hope some of these things will factor in your thought process because that is the reason why you will continue to see more and more growth stocks close shop, more and more M&As, more and more acquisition 
if there was one thing that I would hope that you can think a little bit about and search amongst the growth stocks that you've invested is to ask yourself, are they making money or not? Are they making money? Do they have a lot of cash to tie to them? Because think about it, okay? If let's say they got $2 billion in their cash and their you know, quarterly burn is $200 million, Okay, let's say their quarterly loss is 200 million, uh, free cash flow negative 200 million, but they got 2 billion in their cash. In other words, they can survive for 10 quarters. So that's not too bad. Okay? But at this point in time, if they don't have a lot of cash, their burn is crazy and they can't raise money and their competitors are spending more money, okay, that's it. Balik kampung. Ah, end of story. Growth stocks died. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In a recession. So with that, I'm going to sum up the three points of why growth stocks fail in a recession. Number one is because during a recession, the stock market's down. There are not enough financing in the market. People are not willing to pay sky-high valuation for these companies. In other words, as a loss company, they're not making money. They have no cheap way to then raise capital to continue to burn because nobody is paying this kind of valuation in the market. Number two is because of their business model or lack of business model, there's no clarity in their cash flow. They can't take very healthy corporate debt loans, right? So they would end up taking like unsecured debt, 15%, 10%, 12%, and even more as the Fed continue to increase interest rates. And that is very, very difficult for a business to run, right? So in such a debt structure, how are they going to raise money to keep burning? You should be very concerned if the management comes out and say, we're going to raise money, you know, at this kind of interest rates. Right? It's going to be crazy. And the third point is that there are many other companies in the space. Stop looking at a company, stop looking at this growth company in isolation compared to other people. And a lot of these other companies on the side that have huge war chests and a lot of money making you know, within their organization, they're going to just outspend these growth companies. They may even just gobble them up. And to be fair, in such a bad time, if they get gobbled up, it's not too bad. At least you get to exit because many, many growth stocks will die in a recession. With that, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to put it online with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated, and discussed. Join our community telegram group, sign up on newsletter, everything. Right? There's so many things to do, <laughs> so many things to sign up. But yeah, just be part of the community, right? Ask questions, join our polls. You know, all those things are extremely important because it helps us to get to know you better and it helps us create content that you will enjoy and you will like. Okay, if there was one thing that I hope you can do today, will probably be to uh, follow our YouTube channel right? so we are going to reboot our YouTube channel we're going to take some time to kind of build up new content on YouTube so yeah The Financial Coconut follow our YouTube channel uh, if you'd like to see us uh, talking about different different things and yeah I will see you there see you next week okay so yeah I hope you learned something useful today uh, to be clear right, as an investor you will go through many cycles first few years you you know, you may on a high, you may make some money and then you like, you you have a hard time now, you're struggling, you lost some money and you'll be like, oh, you're, you know, so, so I, I get it, it's hard. It's not like kumbaya all the way. It's not always fun. 
But it is a natural order of being an investor and also recognizing that maybe some things in your head right, are wonky. Right? You're not sufficiently informed yet when you're looking at some of these things. So yeah, we can continue to learn together yeah, and see where this brings us. If you want, uh, follow TFC Investors Network Podcast. Right? <laughs> so many things to plug. Huh? Investors Network Podcast, home of the Asian investor. So then you can keep up with your investment journey. All right? Next week, next week, we're going to talk a little bit about finding the credit cards, right? So HSBC reached out to me to talk a little bit about credit cards and I thought like, oh yeah, the, uh, maybe we don't cover enough because previously we did one episode with Ma Lai and I was like, oh wow, it's a whole new world. At least in my world. So yeah, next week we're going to talk a little bit about the different personas that I believe exist within our community and by extension, uh, what kind of credit cards or at least my thoughts about like rewards, rebates, some of these things. Like, you know, like how should you think about some of these stuff? So yeah, that will be next week and yeah, ciao.